The advice provided on hashtag got money is general advice only. It has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on this advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice. Having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs, we recommend you seek independent advice. Got money? Frightened of money? Have money and want more money? Listen to Elizabeth and her team of professionals dismantle the jargon of money. Whether it's cryptocurrency, your super, estate planning or the ATO. Hashtag got money will bang it home with a sledgehammer. Welcome to another episode of Looking Under the Hood, the Money Mechanics podcast where we unpack money, going a bit deep around things that can happen in the financial world. Really excited today to be talking to someone in the, the property space, but uh, also a, a fellow podcaster and producer, Elizabeth Jackson, who is property strategist and also producer and host of the Hashtag Got Money podcast, also on Joy FM in uh, Melbourne. Elizabeth, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for coming along. I'm so excited. I was so stoked when you called me the other day, just telling me that this is the space that you're in, because I feel it's just not enough information about financial well-being and welfare. And it's such a convoluted space that it's really great that someone like you that can take really complicated information and translate that into English that even a layman can understand. So I, I commend you for doing this. Like, And I love having you on my show too. Absolute pleasure. Elizabeth, I love to kick my show off on the fact, again, we're all born into this financial system. So the, the question I like to ask all my guests is, what's one of your early joyful or happy memories when it comes to, to money? It's really interesting. My dad was a builder. My father and mother had five children in three and a half years, wow. no TV in the bedrooms. <laughs> Dad used to have us on site with him and we'd paint fences. We'd all have a brush and we'd be painting a fence. It was a really joyful memory for me because it was about dad. Dad was all into prosperity. My father had no financial limit, but it was also about that connection of being a participant in that. That's so yeah. Oh, wow. It was yeah. great. Yeah, Dad was wonderful. He, I'd see him write checks for $200,000 and I didn't blink back then. I just thought it was quite normal to pay that kind of money out to your trades or your people that worked around you. And that level of financial nous was just a part of my upbringing. Yeah, wow. It's pretty that. extraordinary. A, yeah, great, great story. And it's so true because it is a learned behavior and experience. And so for a lot of people who haven't had exposure to it, it's one of those things, and you, you would see it as well in, in your work, that people can upskill around it, but it's often a bit uncomfortable and challenging and probably even overwhelming the, the first time that you are signing a, a $200,000 check, a $2 million check these days if you're buying a, a property in, in Melbourne. I work in the, a lot in the first-time homebuyer space now too, mm. and there's kind of a trigger where you've actually just got to walk through the fear and just trust that you've got the right people with you to get you through to the other side because that fear is going to exist for you when you buy anything larger than a jacket or a car. <laughs> when you're looking at yeah. half a million, two million, three million dollars spent, there's fear and rightly so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it rightly is so. That that natural response and I think, again, it's that unknown, but as you say, the, the second, like the first time you buy a property and you go through the process and the mechanics of that or the first time you buy onto the share market, there is that initial... <laughs> What have I done? This is new. This is different. Where, where did that money just go? Did I get something for that? Has... 
I guess today I really wanted to talk about your insights around around property and talking to people. It's never been a better time to buy property in regards to especially first homeowners. Like I've never seen so many schemes in place, first homeowners grants and, and things like that going on. I don't know if you, you would agree with that. It seems like there's some good uh, opportunities out there for people who are trying to get into the property market and go on that uh, journey. What, what would you say to someone who's building up their deposit or got some money set aside and what are some of the things they should be thinking about? Or- um, I think initially you just want to take a breath Hmm. Uh, before you jump there's some things to really consider and firstly it's making sure you've got a really good team of professionals around you so so in our space when someone contacts me we spend a really good 20-25 minutes just getting to the narrative for them like what does this mean where is this home and sometimes you actually need to speak that out so you can actually start the design of it if you're not going to go to someone get a piece of paper and just start writing out what this home means where it is what it looks like how many rooms and just get to understand what your want is and once you understand that want then you can actually think well what's the next step and the next step is always about borrowing capacity and look there are some better lenders than others. And I had this as my in a, as a part of my own purchasing experience. You know, um, we went through Clover Financial and I'll plug Phoebe because if it wasn't for Phoebe, her ability to create a financial solution, extraordinary. You've got to have, it's okay to get a lender, but you don't want just a lender. You need good lend, You need a good lender. So make sure you've got a good lender. Get your uh, financial capacity. Understand what your borrowing capacity is. Even prior to that, spend three or four months just cleaning up your um, spending. We've got a client that recently came to us. He's been gambling. Don't gamble. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like so many people don't understand how forensic banks oh. are these days. And if you're going through a broker, and you know, I'll give a shout out to Phoebe as well. I'm going to get her along on the show as well. But mm. um, they they are forensic. If they see any gambling or Melbourne Cup and things like that happening, um, they'll see sports bet on there, and all of a sudden they go, "Hmm, what's what's this person doing? Where's, where's yeah. this money going? Oh, casino. Oh, what, why are they making cash withdrawals at the casino? Where'd that?" money go all of it and, mm. and anything that can they consider nefarious is a no so you want someone that's got a re, that can do a good uh, is a good lender great at what they do understands the space phoebe's been doing it for 20 odd years so you know you're in good hands get your borrowing capacity and then kind of understand if you want to go that high we always say to our clients, look, you've got lending up to 800000 here, but we don't suggest that you do that. You want to just peel it back a bit because remember that the object of the exercise is to actually get into your first home and have it be a really comfortable financial experience. Don't want to draw blood by moving into your first home. You want it to be something that you can financially get your head around, get settled in. And we say to our clients, let's just consider this as your first home. Once you're in there and you're stable, and in a couple of years' time, we'll say that, gee, isn't that a great investment property? Let's set that to one side and then let's look for your next property. And sometimes it's about just not getting so emotional about that alfresco area. Just yeah. peeling that back a bit. I yeah. mean, I think you'll agree with me that you don't want to do all your day. You just want to go gently. And look, the bonuses that are around at the moment are incredible. There's the the first time home buyers grant, obviously. There's the um, government initiative where they're going to 
uh, cover LMI and um, the deposit amounts up to twenty yep. percent. First time deposit scheme. Yep. Yeah. Now that's an interesting scheme. I spoke to my one of my lenders about that the other day, and a lot of those um, initiatives have been taken up. So if you want mm. to get into the space, please go ahead and do that immediately. Um, and then there's the builders bonus of twenty five thousand dollars. Now I was with a land agent about three weeks ago who wanted to convince my client that they should overextend themselves onto a mm. piece of land and then use the $25,000 when it comes in. Please don't do that. Jeez. No, 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 no. I gave him a little smack because firstly, the legislation around it is a bit weak. Mm. They've only um, expended, I think, about 217, maybe 250 of these bonuses to purchases. And it was it's, quite rushed, wasn't it? Because oh, the government get this out. We want to try and keep the, con- the economy going, building going. It was a really clever thing to do, but it's governed by the state revenue office. And Melanie, that does the show with me at Southeast Lawyers, read the legislation and she said, look, basically the legislation says we'll pay you if you feel like it and and we can change our minds at any time. And you'd kind of ended up like, so we say to our clients, look, if you get it, that's a great thing, but do not include it as part of your borrowing. Mm. Don't extend yourself hoping you're going to get that money in. If you get it, yeehaw, hallelujah, put it wherever you like, put it on your mortgage, which is what the intent is, but don't include it. So there is that scheme as well, which is fantastic. The other thing, though, what we've noticed is that there's huge vigor in the market, and that's creating a lot of anxiety for clients. If the builder's bonus is not a big deal, and you know you can get some time to wait, wait, because there's going to be land that will probably be reduced, we think, in the first quarter of next year, unless the the government extend the builder's bonus. Because as soon as the government announced the $25,000 builder's bonus, the only thing that really happened in Melbourne was, all the land went up 25 to 30 grand. So people are out there fighting to get this and putting themselves under some extraordinary pressure to make sure that they get the builder's bonus. And really, if they waited a couple of months to the other side, they might get some really good deals on the land, which otherwise wouldn't be realised. So Mm. there's that as a consideration too. I I love what you said there around, um, without paraphrasing what you said, playing your own game and playing to your own own strengths in that don't get caught up in the emotion of it. Make sure, especially if it is your first home, often reflect on on conversations I've had with my parents over the years. They didn't have brand new furniture they didn't have um all the things and i've I've gone into clients houses before or had conversations with clients and said oh we're struggling to save our deposit or whatever it might be and then you look around the lounge room and brand new everything and i'm like yep awesome okay there's a hundred grand there's your deposit Easily. And so I think lifestyle today, and again, without judging generations and looking at different things in that regard, like there is more of that, I guess, wanting everything now. And so again, if you do it as a part of your framework and, and do it as a stepping approach, as you say, and, and get your structuring right, where you buy something that can be then turned into an investment property really easily, then that can be a great way to to start on that journey of, of creating your wealth and being in a house that you can at least bear and, and, and stabilise with initially, but then start on that equity journey as you go. So, yeah. Absolutely. And it's about it being an enjoyable financial experience. You know, money's cheap okay. right now. And that's an, I don't think you get a better condition in which to buy a property. Do you agree? Mm. 
in this yeah, time and, and moment, like interest rates being so low and uh, Reserve Bank making announcements saying we're not going to increase rates for another three years, it is very much a time to, if you've got serviceability, be able to borrow. And so again, it's it's doing it though within that parameters of your lifestyle and what's important to you. Because I think you, you hit the nail on the head before as well around don't do it if you're going to then not have the lifestyle as well, because come across so many people that overextend and then they're living on credit cards or they're borrowing other things and trying to get out of that is then a horrendous train to, to get on. So that's where that, that foundation of cash flow is so important. You know, the other thing that we're finding as well is tenuous employment. We're really vetting our clients around their employment status because it's okay to have a job today, but you just want to know that there's some real rigor under that as well. We always start our questioning with how long have you been there? How does Mm. it feel set for you? And we do that. And if they've got any hesitations around that, we say, look, why don't we revisit this in four or five weeks? Because it would be nothing worse to be put into a brand new home and then losing your job while you're going through that um, purchasing process. So that's something to be mindful of too before you go out there and jump into that market, just to know that your employment sound, you feel really good, you've been with the job for a long time, even run it past your boss. Look, I'm looking at purchasing a home, you know, things are changing. How do you feel about the market, our marketplace over the next couple of years and just get some considerations there inside of that too. So we point blank about that. Um, And then the rest is just diving in getting wet in the the property space for us we always make sure that it's a fixed price Mm. full turnkey property i'm going to say that again it's fixed price full turnkey so that means fences driveways gardens blinds everything's included look we heard a story recently i've got a sister that works out in one of the corridors and she said you know you'll get someone go to site and they've somebody found um a brush or a tree or something on the land that they weren't expecting a client got a post contract variation of twelve thousand dollars to move this shrub or tree or whatever it was that kills a deal and you see if you get a post contract variation which means you've paid the five or ten percent deposit on the build and then you get a post contract variation what that can end up doing is financially putting you under duress and stress that you otherwise weren't expecting. If you get a fixed price full turnkey home, if there are any anomalies, the builder has to pay it. If the builder Mm. goes to the land and he finds Noah's Ark, um, the sunken chest of Popeye the pirate, he's got to pay to have it taken away. He should fix it, not you. Please be mindful of that when you're looking at buying a home, that it's a fixed price full turnkey and have them pointed out for you. Do not give them a deposit until they've shown you where that is. Yeah, definitely. Great, great tip there. And and I, I guess that is, especially because a lot of these grants are connected to, to brand new builds and, and brand new uh, construction. And so, especially even if you're comparing apartment market then to house and land. And so I'm probably opening up another whole episode in, in talking about apartment airspace versus, versus house and land. And again, it does depend on area, but I've heard horror stories in dense or denser postcodes where lending just then doesn't work because I guess especially for listeners keep in mind you can sign a contract and get pre-approval but pre-approval just means that it's pre-approved it means when you get to settlement and having to go through the process that's when the bank actually looks at you again and goes right can you actually afford this borrowing so as Elizabeth was saying before if anything's changed if your work isn't secure anymore if your incomes drop they'll pick all that stuff up and say right we actually won't lend you the money anymore or we'll now value the property and oh sorry You've got to come up with another $30,000 or $40,000 to to complete the purchase. And so um, have you got a, a quick apartment versus uh Oh, look, I land? just... 
I love house and land packages because it's land, right? And Mm. land appreciates, houses depreciate. Mm. So that means that land actually goes up in value. You know, I trained in the London market. So if you had land, you're a multi-millionaire. But here in Melbourne, if you go 35, 40 minutes down the road, you can still buy a house and land package for 570, 600,000. If we were to compare that with a two-bedroom apartment in and around where I live, which is... Um, Bentley, you know, you pay five eighty for a two bedroom apartment around here. I would put a client to a house and land package all day long because of that land, because that land goes up in value, and because of the density. You know, we look at population trends and growth. And sure, you know, we lost, I think, something like two hundred and fifty thousand temporary visa holders, and we normally get two hundred forty thousand, three hundred thousand people in every year. But that's stopped. But look. The, the employment, uh, the, the, our employment, the fact that we're a major city, all of that stuff still lends people to wanting to move in here. So we're still mm. going to see growth. So, of course, it's going to be a house and land. But like your practice as a financial planner, you, might, you have to look at the numbers and you have to look at the trajectory. Well, we will do that inside of that for um, an investment client. You've still got to make sure it's in a good land estate by a good builder and that there's not, you know, you're not in a land estate where there are no covenants and hundreds of other investment properties. You get a good house and land package and a wonderful development and a key growth area in Melbourne. You just have to sit back and it makes you money, yeah, very. doesn't it? Yeah, very true. And you don't have to look back at it. You just have to make sure there's a tenant. And if it's in a good land estate, it just rents and the the renters all line up down the road and they say, can I rent your property? And you make money and you go, thanks very much. I'll have another one of those now, please. Thank you. Yeah, and, and that's where that that real and we will do another episode on the uh, on investment and the capital growth uh journey in that regard but once you've built up that equity that's where you can then use that again to to invest and to start um that that journey on creating multiple sources of of wealth and an asset because often our house although it's a, a an asset value and it does sit on your balance sheet as as an asset it's a, a very lazy asset unless you're renting out your your second bedrooms or uh, or jumping on airbnb it isn't generating income for you so as a you know technical term of investment it doesn't actually do that for you at the end of the day what i like about you though too scott you're about not putting eggs into one basket mm. So how have you found your current, I mean, this is just purely selfish. I want to know how you're finding <laughs> your marketplace at the moment too. Um, how are stocks and shares performing? There's definitely volatility there, but there's still, since there was a major adjustment in, in March 2020, it's bounced back. So we're seeing volatility again now because of the US election, but because things have stabilised and governments are throwing more money at things, there seems to be a bit of uh, stability happening there. The The difference from this time around to the global financial crisis is that investors really don't, or people don't really have anywhere to go because- cash rate when the GFC happened was 9%. So people could go, oh, we're going to cash out of our shares now because they're liquid assets and we can get out of them quickly. And they're getting rewarded straight away with high interest rates at, at 7 or 8%. Um, they slowly came back down. But in, a, in current market where interest rates are, are very flat, we're now at this point of maybe getting 15 or 2% on your cash savings. Investors need to go somewhere. And so income return wise or yield wise like what would you say elizabeth is a is a good yield to get on the on the property front at this juncture or, or stage you're like oh Gosh. are we looking at fours or are we are we looking at threes what's yeah. <laughs> you're like, i hate talking yields. don't hold me don't hold me to this don't hold me to it um look i don't 
I don't like talking about yields. I'll tell you why. Because properties like it's a set and forget. Mm. It it grow. I put clients into Ballarat like five years ago and he was crying. He was like, oh, I don't understand why we're here. But mm-hmm. he's grown exponentially quietly mm. and that market over COVID has just exploded. So the house that he bought from me five years ago has probably doubled. Mm. But it's about a sound investment in a sound area that's going to – it's like your your particular space as well. You can't open up the entire market and expect a good return. Mm. You've got to be very, very picky about where you put that. So Yeah, yeah and I think the big thing – Dropped. Yeah, is, is the long-term view. But people often forget, like, the, the media talks about property market in Australia, or the Australian property market, and there's, there's I don't know, 80, 100 different property markets in Australia. And so they're all doing different things at different times. And, look, we'll, we'll have hopefully some listeners in, in Canberra as well because um, that's where I've got a, a lot of clients too. But the Canberra market has been going cracking, like, just cracking along this year. Um, and much to surprise, I had a few clients who have retired and sold and then they're moving to, to Queensland or otherwise. And they were really shocked. They were, oh, look, it's COVID. We're, you know, just come out of lockdown. Are we going to be able to sell? And they've been getting stellar prices on things and people are still, still buying. And so the same fundamentals apply, I guess, when we're looking at that, those elements. But, um, it is about looking at, as you say, the different markets and, and doing your numbers, as you said before, like, does this add up? Does this stack up? Can we afford it? So. Yeah. Numbers are key. And if you don't do your numbers, you're kind of flying blind. It's mm. it's like getting on a plane without a destination. Without them, you've got no way of knowing what way to go. So we do numbers first. Yeah, you're right. You know, I had Terry Ryder on Got Money and, mm. um, God, he was pretty rugged on the last show, actually, because people get their meet their news or their updates from the mainstream media sources and really these guys don't work in our spaces Mm. they don't work in the property space they're not really familiar with the market and there's a propensity for them to bad news if Mm. they look at a secular area and in actual fact the market's exploded there are still great areas performing very very well regardless of COVID I mean Mm. if we had Kate Bacos on she'd say the established real estate market was is is about to explode mm. but the narrative out there in mainstream media is not that so you've really got to be careful about where you get your information from too i think that's mm. why i commend you for doing this show because you're at the foreface of what's happening in your own marketplace as i am in mine I'm glad you're doing it mate thank you yeah no that's that's great Elizabeth. and uh, it is my pleasure because I, I love sharing this information and i love being able to educate people and and i think in in pulling some of those concepts and things we've talked about today together in, in keeping it all short and sweet as we do here. But um, have you got some, uh, I don't know, your, your top three or even just top couple of things just if we, we rehash on those and if, I'm paraphrasing again, but I guess it is about outcome first. And I always say to people, it's just set your, set your framework. Well, play your game. Don't get sucked into what other people are thinking. Don't, yeah, get caught up in those things. But what, what would your other, other sort of, I don't know, top three or top four things be in people looking uh, at property or i think um i th- i think a piece of paper and a pencil always to start mm. get it out of your head yeah get it into get it get it out so you can actually see it because that's your guide get your numbers done secondly just because then you know what you're dealing with the other thing is too don't be afraid to ask questions and mm-hmm. i say to my clients there are no dumb questions when you're buying a property. And if you feel like you're with a practitioner that you cannot ask questions with, you're with the wrong practitioner. Mm. 
And when you ask those questions, always do them in writing. Do not have a dialogue with somebody over the phone, accept what they say and believe that to be truth. Do everything in writing. I say to my clients, there will be a point inside of this where I stop calling you and we just start writing to each other. And that's to protect you, but it's also to protect the builder. It's also to protect me. So there's no ambiguity in what's happening in the process. And if you're with a practitioner that doesn't want to do it in writing, you're with the wrong practitioner. I think that's about it. Those are, you know, there are a lot of other anomalies in the space. Um, I always say to my clients to Surprises are for birthday parties, not for property transactions. Oh, I like that. Do you like it? Yeah, that is really good. Thanks. Surprises sure, you can birthday. use it. Yeah, um, I'll steal that one. Yes, no, please take it. Um, <laughs> if if you're with a practitioner or you're engaging in purchasing anything, and it might be stocks or shares or insurance or any of those things, and you, your practitioner isn't telling you about what's going to happen next, then you're in trouble. Mm. You need someone that literally tells you the path that you're about to walk on, not while you're walking on it. You know, we spend, I spend hours on the phone with my client, particularly when they're in the purchasing phase. They hear from me every day for me to say to them, okay, we've looked at the contract. Well, this is what we're doing next. Mm. Surprises are for birthday parties, not for property transactions. It's yours. You can take I love it. it. Getting your T-shirts printed. Fantastic. They'll be, uh, they'll be online uh, and available <laughs> via Elizabeth's uh, Instagram and uh, website. We'll, uh, we'll add the details to our, our show notes. But look, Elizabeth, I, I really do appreciate you coming along today and, and sharing your insights in, into the property space. There, as you say, we could probably do 100 different shows on the, the context and, and content that's available there. But hopefully people have been able to pick up a few great tips around what to start thinking about, especially if it's their first property transaction and um, what really tips and traps and things to to be mindful of. But I think the big things, as, as you've said, are don't be emotive around it. Make sure that you're, you're doing it to your game plan. Don't get caught up in what everybody else is is doing and stay the course if um, if you're going through uh, through volatile times. But look, thank you so much again. Great to chat. Thank and, you, mate. Um, Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Love it. See you all soon. Cheers, mate. Got money? Frightened of money? Have money and want more money? Listen to Elizabeth and her team of professionals dismantle the jargon of money. Whether it's cryptocurrency, your super, estate planning or the ATO. Hashtag got money will bang it home with a sledgehammer. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.